Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Bernie Erickson, Senior VP at FSG. That's right. He was talking about deploying UV, Greg. Deploying, that's a key word, is he's actually putting it out there in the field, selling it, installing it at customers. So great discussion we had. And for anybody who's interested in it, got to hear this. Before you do, though, you got to go to keystonetech.com. That's right. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com, baby. KeystoneTech.com. Light made easy, Greggy. Yeah, at least as of now, they're not in, in UV lighting. Who knows what the future will be, but just about everything else lighting-related, Keystone's got for you. They've got a great solution. They're coming out with new innovative product all the time, including exterior fixtures. You thought they only did drivers or tubes or bulbs? Nah, man, they're doing fixtures now. They got high bays, they got wraps, they got strips, and they're going to have the exterior area like flood, wall pack. What more can you ask for? Full package coming from Keystone. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's right. Coming out with our new educational program, LS Evolve, Lighting Specialist Evolve. It's coming out soon. Exactly when? We don't know, but it's coming out soon, Greggy. But for right now, this was a good one. Thank you, Bernie. Coming up on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Bernie Erickson, welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Glad to be here. Say hello to Greg Eric. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good, Bernie. Thanks for coming on. And hey, we're a couple of lighting guys, or three of us here, and I, I want to start this thing off. This isn't the topic that we want to get into with you today, Bernie, but I'm going to ask you a question is uh, relating to lighting controls. And the reason I ask is because in my office here, Right before we started recording, I didn't have any light, and I couldn't get it on. And I got the fanciest light system you can, where it's uh, app-based, color-changing, dimming. I, had, I didn't have the manual ability to turn it on and off. So I was going to go without light. I opened my curtains, and then about five seconds before you guys came on, the lights kicked on. And I don't know how. I don't know what happened. But that's concerning when you buy the fanciest lighting system you can, and, and I can't even <laughs> control it. <laughs> There's there's the benefit of that plain switch inside for emergency use, you know. <laughs> you know what? I'm a big believer in I'm a big believer in mechanical overrides, man. Mechanical overrides yeah. are awesome. I was looking for one and I couldn't find one anywhere. But yeah, before we get into the real topic, do you guys do are you always quoting and promoting controls on your lighting projects? Yes, yes. Um we you know we offer them every time. It's not to say that other than rudimentary controls um, that people don't always go with the most exotic of the options, but uh, I just mm -hmm. got some photos in and I was looking at a, a cool project that I had executed on um, and very, very visible project. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a question of, man, I want those controls to work, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> very, very visible. It's a, uh, the Oculus at the World Trade Center, where we put color changing into the Oculus in New York City. And we've just finished to wrap that up. And, uh, you know, it's a very visible place. A lot of people walking through there and they only want it to be colored when, you know, have the colors when they want it to because it's a solemn place and they want the white to be white. So it all worked beautifully. And it's always nice when that happens. And we have a manual switch. <laughs> uh, For sure. That override, yeah. You know, oh, the mechanical yeah, override. override, bro. If you if like oh. when you get into those complex systems, man, sometimes okay, all you gotta do is push that 
and then it all everything goes on to that good state. Nice. That on state. You gotta have that, man, on a big project for sure. Gotta have it. <laughs> well, luckily mine's not a big project and it's me, so I can live with it. But if I had a customer calling me about that, I, I wouldn't know what to do. So I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Turn <laughs> up the power and reset. I can't. <laughs> there we go. Well, hey, let's get into what the real topic is here. So you guys are FSG, you've been there a long time. Um, you have a lot of lighting experience. And uh, I think, you know, we've talked to a number of UVC or UV lighting experts in the field um, and really haven't talked to any distributors and want to get kind of a gauge on what you guys are doing and where it's going and and where you see it as. Because I I feel like you guys are really one of the leaders in it. I I like what you guys do on your website. You break it down, you educate people. So uh, let's dive into it. Have you been actively selling UV lighting? Uh, We have. uh, Once... COVID-19 became a factor and we all kind of got tethered down, you know, there, there's obviously a financial imperative to getting businesses back to work and getting people back to normal, but there's also a moral imperative. And a lot of us in the lighting field, myself in particular, uh, I've always done energy conservation because, you know, it's a thing that makes you feel good. And, and we felt this was indeed something that you could feel good about if you could figure out and help people to understand. So, uh, we've been doing it. I've been doing it personally since uh, March, you know, the end of March when when things started to go bad and pretty consistently ever since. And we have sold, uh, uh, yes, a, a tremendous amount of product. The um, the uh, based on application by application. So there's different there's different levels of, um, I guess you would say, occupancy. So you have a subway car would be high level of occupancy. Lots of people going in and out of a subway car, subway platform, as opposed to a private office or a school. These are all public places, but they have varying needs and degrees of of exposure to different people. Are you guys generally, do you guys really, when you come up with your solutions, are you thinking that UV light and these LED alternatives to UV light, which would be different nanometers, do you believe that these should be deployed extensively to disinfect and sanitize things or are you primarily focused on the uh on the um circulated air well i I tell you um i I think that if you watch the cdc guidance and you look at everything that's been going on there's no one solution for everything that's the first thing right everybody has a lot of choices and the first thing we've had tried to do is to educate through webinars and videos that we've created to help people understand what their choices are and to do it in a way that's not really about products, but it's really about solutions. And I don't think there's any one answer that's better, you know, or that's exclusive, I guess, is the better word, right? There's no one exclusive solution that answers all the questions. Uh, it, and a lot of it has to do with time and manpower as well as expenditure, right? What you're going to invest for the equipment or the chemicals, right? So it's, it's equipment, chemicals, or um, it's, it's time and, and physically wiping and cleaning or applying or running the equipment. And we try to help people understand what makes sense for them based on their budget, based on what they can accomplish. Anything you do is better than doing nothing, right? And everything you do is moving that ball forward to make things safer. Um, But then the question is, you know, what are the circumstances that you have personally in your business, in your location? Who are you trying to protect? And then what are your budget restrictions? 
Have you, have you, did you guys ever sell any UV? First of all, what's the term you use? UV, germicidal lighting? What's the right term? Uh, I, I, I use uh, the term UV, UV disinfection, you know, whether it's UVC. Some people call the UVC the 254 nanometer portion of the spectrum germicidal UV. It's often re referred to that way um, as opposed to far UV and, and, and you know, UVA, UVB. But, but I refer to it as UV and then try to help people feel comfortable with the differences in it. What's the okay. UVC? Is that 254 nanometers? That's UVC light? Is that what that's coming out of those fluorescent tubes? So, so yeah, the fluorescent slash mercury tubes, you know, they, they, they are at 254 nanometers. It's kind of a confluence. The UVC band is a little broader than 254 sure. by itself. Um, it's a little wider, but to 254 is what the fluorescent type product puts out. Right. Uh, and it's story and we effective. know it's that works effective. like that, like Phillips, we, Phillips has known that it, that like th their catalogs, they have catalogs where they're describing the purification of circulated air in 1985, where you can, like using UVC fluorescent lamps, you do this, and this will purify the air in your hospital waiting room. This is not new technology. It's been around for a long time. I think what Greg wanted to ask was, have you ever deployed one of these systems prior to COVID-19? No, for the most part, we may have sold replacement lamps. Yeah, for sure. Um, too, yeah. You know, for someone who came to us as a lamp distributor, we've long been in that space. But just like the applications themselves, they've been mostly medical and mostly niche, mm. right? And that's yeah, been sure. the issue for people, right? It's that the niche manufacturers have limited capacity. Sure. Um, they're used to selling to, to limited markets. And people have come, you know, as a distributor, they come to us and we go through the education and they'll say, well, can you give me an example of X number of facilities like mm. me that are using this equipment? And prior to this month, I haven't been able to do that. Right. right? There's that, a few limited ones. The other thing is like you take Puro, yeah. uh, which is LED supply company. That's a manufacturer. You, there's a, another yep. one came on our show, Greg. What was that other one? Um, uh, Signify was on a little bit. but No, but a year ago or two years ago, before any COVID-19 stuff. Uh, oh, uh, um, Kennel. Kennel. Right. Kennel has a Kennel, big solution. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yes. but like the, these companies, when they came out with their products, they were thinking of number one, very expensive light fixtures, right? Um, sophisticated clientele, right? Highly controlled yeah, environments sure. like operating rooms. You're like if you were, if you ever find yourself in an operating room, you have probably received a whole whack of training. Right. Like you're a, a surgeon, a nurse, you're like somebody that's a highly paid professional person. And so, the, you know, the, that that's that environment. We're talking about the deployment of this. OK, so now you're going to move it into other areas outside of the operating room. The industry is not ready, wasn't ready for that when COVID-19 struck. I guess my question to you is, right. is it ready for that now or are we rushing a little bit? Well, I, I know we're ready for it. I mean, you know, we, you know, that much I can tell you, right? We went through and have created the, uh, the need, you know, what, what was really needed to help people understand it. I would say that right now the initial rush, and this is evolving over time, right? But mm -hmm. the initial rush, if you were to look at the orders that we've received, uh, it's most weighted towards schools initially. Uh, that's been the largest number of, 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 
of uh, users have been schools, although we've sold it to every vertical from transit to restaurant. But, but to this hotel, is for the disinfection of this is for the disinfection of things, not air. That's correct. And I could talk about air, too. But for the, right now, so far, the initial rush has been to disinfect things. Right. And to disinfect them as economically as people can. So the most uh, the most popular of the products has been portable disinfection units because it allows people to leverage their spend, right? They could figure out their budget of time and money and what they can accomplish. And that's most of what we've seen in what I call phase one, right? Phase one was an education of the people mm-hmm. and, and helping them understand their choices. And then their initial purchases have been more towards units that help them leverage their spend. And now we're already getting into phase two with those early adopters where we're now going into the elevators, the bathrooms, the HVAC, the air, where they can spend more time. I did something right away. I've made a positive difference based on the budget. And now I'm looking at that second phase do of you, the more. Do you look at this like, so Peter Brown, have we released the Peter Brown show yet, Craig? Did that go out no. when we did? No. Oh, Peter, I'm going to steal your thunder here, buddy. But thanks for telling me. Uh, Peter Brown, what we discovered when we interviewed him, was that he was talking about an inversion of the 330-300 rule, right? And that his idea was that, listen, this is not about energy savings or anything. This is about making malls and business places valuable again so that people can go there, right? Making is a way to make... It's it, it's a re- inversion of the three hundred thirty because the three three hundred. You ever have you ever heard of that theory? The three 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 thirty three hundred rule. Ever heard of that? No. So no. Um, technical sales dorks will say that three um, percent of the cost of real estate is energy and maintenance. Okay, thirty percent is capital invested into the real That's estate. And 300% is the cost of the people there, right? right so right. if you can reduce the cost of the people. Now, what, what's happened is that that 330-300 rule was based on an idea that malls are always going to be busy. We have lots of people in them. So, you know, we just assume that forever. And now what the COVID-19 thing has done is inverted that. And you can't assume that people are going to go to malls anymore. You can't assume that they're going to get on trains anymore. So now you have a payback case for UVC lighting based on re-allowing people to feel safe reaccessing these spaces again. And so that right, it's a right. it's no different than energy savings. It's just, hey man, if you don't start taking these kinds of steps, nobody's going to come back to your mall anymore. So you may as well sell off the real estate for pennies on the dollar. Or let's do some UVC lighting and see if we can make right, this place right. Like that's kind of where, like how it's turned out. Um, do you see uh, like any other way to speak to, to 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 managers and real estate managers other than fear and panic? Like, do you see a a, um, a, a financial case? Like, do you guys sell it based on um, like a financial payback, like you would a, an energy retrofit? Or are you talking about something different, Bernie? Well, remember when I started, I felt I said I felt like there was a financial imperative and then a moral imperative. Mm. Um, and and we kind of talked to both, honestly. And and I think that's what makes 
a lot of what we say credible and, and for people to want to listen, right? Because it, it it's not a sales pitch that they need to buy my product, open back up, nor, you know, was it ever completely a sales pitch that you need to save energy, you know, just because mm. my, buy my product just because you need to save energy, right? There's there's a desire for people to feel safe and to help others and, and, and to keep themselves safe, I think. And that's part of understanding this. But then there is a financial imperative, without a doubt. I mean, restaurant owners, for example, I've I've given presentations for many large associations and, you know, they're struggling for their life, right? And they want to differentiate themselves from people and they want to do it, um, you know, in a way that even transcends just utilizing the technology, right? They want to understand how do they market that to their clientele, right? How do people, mm. a lot of what we do is invisible. And so, you know, we at FSG, we have a, a signage division and we actually develop like kiosks and messaging and, and things like that for people like that, like hotels. And, and, and then also try to really get in and understand their head. What made sense? What did they have the people to do? And, and how is, how is this going to help them draw someone in where their next door neighbor, maybe the restaurant didn't do it, right? But that's not a moral imperative. What's the moral imperative? The moral imperative is that we don't want our customers to get sick. We don't want anybody to get sick. We don't want our employees to get sick. We don't want to bring back wait staff, right? How many people have you seen during this crisis that have only done takeout or haven't even opened because they were worried about their employees? Some people you know, may have operated from a financial imperative and they felt that it was more cost effective not to bring the people back. But I, I've, I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen it, Red, many people that are concerned about their people. They're concerned about their own health. Aren't you concerned about yours? You know, so, so anything you know that we You know what applying, I would say? I have a yeah. difficult time with all this. You know why? Because yeah. I actually, and I'm going to say something and I hope it doesn't piss anybody off and whatever. Like, mm -hmm. Look, I'll never wear a goddamn mask, okay? And every and, and people can say whatever they want to me. I will never go into a store again then. Fine. I'm not going to be one of these people that blasts in without a mask on. Like, you know, I'm right, not right. I'm on it. I want to have attention to me. Right? Okay, like cuz I'm not I'm not willing yeah. to cooperate with the group. Look, I'm not willing to cooperate with the group, but then I'm subtracting my dollars from the equation. I'm pulling my money off the table. If I have to wear a mask, I'm not coming in, okay? So that's my position. That's your vote. Yeah. Right? That's I'm not going to your right to vote. That's right. I'm not going to force myself in. I'm just not coming in. And what, what people have to realize is that's a problem too, right? Because now you're pulling money off the table. People aren't buying stuff. So from my perspective, I have a hard time understanding why anybody would be scared at all. Okay, for their for any for any reason with this. I have a very difficult time with that. And there's a lot of people who are like me. And what the problem is like. Right now, we have COVIDians and COVIDiots, and you can call whoever you want it. In the middle, where FSG is, right, solving problems, this industry has to be able to, to produce a solution that allows us to not decide whether or not we're going to wear a mask. Like, that's not sustainable long term. Wearing masks everywhere cannot be the solution. Please, God, like that can't be our solution long term, right? We have to find a way to get people back into these spaces or our standard of living is not going to be the same anymore. And lighting has to be a part of that. I think this UVC lighting, it has to be a part of it. But whether it's isn't like, isn't it more about airborne viruses? Like when I'm looking at the science, 
You know, I looked at Philip's catalog. It said you can cleanse air with UVC. To me, it's more about the air purification that needs to happen. How do we, have you guys deployed anything like that in train stations and areas where people are congregate, massive amounts of people are going to congregate every day? Thousands and thousands of people are going to congregate? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I call the phase two that we're now in the beginning of deploying mm. and treating, treating the air. Um, there is a bunch of different ways that you could treat the air. And the great thing about treating the air is you can do it when the space is occupied and recent CDC guys guidance, right? Has focused on the air that the droplets can live in the air longer than they originally thought three, four hours in the air, right? They're smaller and they remain airborne longer. And by doing that, that does give the opportunity for people to get into the restaurants when they're open and to keep those spaces safer, right? And mm -hmm. um, there's three different ways that we're deploying in the air. We're, we're doing upper air disinfection. The IES spent a lot of time in their webinars. And I think mm -hmm. in one of your earlier tests, they talked about the IES webinar, right? But mm -hmm. that's been in use in third world countries for TB clinics and stuff for years and years, since the third. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's relatively inexpensive. You know, we, we looked at a gym, right. And we could put two fixtures in a typical gym with a 30 foot ceiling and it does that upper air in that gym sure. all the time. So it's a way for yeah. people to get back out. And then we're mounting it in the HVAC units Bingo. where, you know, we could put, yeah, we could put it in there. So now it's again, totally worry free. Right. And then, you know, there's even some other technologies that, go slightly off of lighting that we're selling, um, but then also mount in the HVAC too, that that really have some amazing potential for the air. Um, and 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 we're selling those as well, right? So, and, and again, they probably don't have a place on this. It's a non-lighting technology, but, but um, you know, it, the, those are gonna be the things that make those spaces habitable during the day, right? The, the UVC portable units are cleaning at night. That's uh, that's saying that, you know, the wipe down process, you know, we know it's 350 to 400 square feet for a second pass with disinfectant. We know that you're going from 40 cents a gallon to eight dollars a gallon. The, the foggers are costing fifteen hundred bucks. I can give a person a solution that's cost effective, but it's still not going to keep that space safer during the day. Now we go to that second phase. We're doing the air and we're killing the airborne particles. ASHRAE has come out in support yeah. of it, right? It's been used totally. for many years. Yep, yep. everybody you is know, on board you know what, You know what the weird thing is? Is that I had a couple calls, and I said, have you guys checked if your, your HVAC system already has a UVC light that you just haven't changed since the uh, you originally it was originally okay. installed? And actually, a lot of HSV, HVAC equipment already has UVC lights in it. Like it's not uncommon. We've been doing this forever. And the idea of doing it more um, and it being a lighting play, I think is a, a wonderful position and kind of like, a, I love that you have the lighting industry at FSG has its own phases. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Hey, it's the way things work, you know, yeah. we got to move with them and we got to be aware of them because yeah. helping, helping people to understand sure. and, and, and helping them move forward. But you know, a lot of that UVC, uh, that was deployed and has been deployed is an energy saving measure, right? Because deploying UVC and the downside Get of the out oil, of here. How are you doing unit, that? You got to explain that oh, to me. Oh, typically we're seeing that we get a 15 to 30% energy reduction 
by deploying UVC in the HVAC. You mount it, typically the best place to mount it and where you get the savings is by mounting it on the downside of the coil. And it removes the buildup of organic material. You know, the coil is wet, wow. mold forms in it, and bugs get in there, and sure. organic material. And it's been a proven thing. The rebates, we have received rebates uh, from the utilities on installing this technology. Get and out of here. By the way, we're doing the <laughs> Yeah. So, so it's actually a lighting solution. Um, an energy saving solution in addition to a germicidal solution. So, so many people, you know, it's interesting what's come out and uh, a lot, out of a lot of this is how poorly maintained a lot of HVAC equipment actually is. Um, right. A lot of it, like you, you, like even people's air conditionings on their houses, if you say to them, yeah, when's the last time you cleaned your air conditioner? <laughs> right? Your air conditioner is su- yeah. sucking in air, okay? And it's cooling it. And the outside has, like, there's a filter on the outside of your air conditioner. You need to take that off and clean it, right? It's, it's covered with gunk. Yeah. Like, most people don't realize that there's huge efficiencies available in AC by maintenance and cleaning and one of the, and uh, also uh, removing these mold spores. And this is wonderful outside of COVID. It should be done COVID-19 or not. Right. It should be done for mold and spores and everything else. So, um yeah. Indoor air quality. I mean, you know, breathability for, sure. for people with allergies and everything else. For sure. For sure. It's wonderful. And in, in all your projects, Bernie, that you've done, how heavily involved are you getting the manufacturer? Well, we're, we're definitely, you know, we're definitely connected with our manufacturers and understanding, you know, the other part of, of deploying UV is understanding how to deploy UV and how to utilize it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about Signify, Phil, you know, the old Philips, Signify, and their long history mm-hmm. with UV. And recently, um, uh, Boston Boston University, right, released those results sure. of the tests on COVID-19 and, and how much it takes to deactivate. So, you know, it was five... Um, Five millijoules per centimeter squared, they proved five millijoules per centimeter squared deactivated COVID-19, 99%. And then you can go all the way up to 20, and and that was 99.99999, and we talk about a six-log kill. Yeah, 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 sure. So many people are buying this equipment, and they don't know how long to run it. How long do you run it? How sure. long do you utilize it in a space, right? Sure. That comes into the timepiece. So if you don't know how long to run it, or if, if the manufacturer can't tell you that, then you don't know what to tell the customer, right? Number one, they're running it too long so that it's costing them more for their manpower. Number two, you're exposing plastics and paint finishes and there's sure. there's some slight yes. effects to that. You're, sure. you're affecting the life of those sure. products by overexposing them. So we like to talk to the manufacturers, understand exactly how the devices work, sure. and then we do layouts for the customers. We act as you know their consultant on this so they know where to place the unit, how long to run them, right? Um, it's all part of the equation. But so we rely what? on the manufacturers. This, this, you know what? This is why I think the real play, and I look, I haven't, I'm only, my only involvement is I've sold a ton more ballast and lamps in the last four months that are UV than, than I ever did before. Okay. But when it comes, when I'm listening to you and I think about this industry, I really think the real power is in the cleansing of the circulated air. I don't like... I really think that, that that phase two or whatever you call it, that's where the real value is um, to me in terms of repopulating our public spaces. 
This I because you know you're never going to be able to clean stuff fast enough. You understand what I mean? Whether it's with UV lights or wiping it down or whatever. But I, you can constantly clean the air. You can constantly, you can constantly be doing that. And so I, I really surface, see that as, as, the, as the solution long-term. But the surfaces are still an issue, right? I mean, cleaning the air, if someone is touching the doorknobs and they're touching the sinks, right? You don't purport that you don't wipe it down or you don't use chemical, right? I mean, even though you have the cleanest of air. I'm going to say something really crude. I'm going to say something really yeah. crude, okay? If a bathroom is built properly, okay, um, the the only thing that – see, that's the problem is the toilet seats. The only thing that you should actually have to touch in 2020 is a toilet seat. Other than that, you should – like at a urinal, a light switch, the lighting controls, the tap, everything else can be automated without touch. Everything else. Right. True, true. No, there's no true that the door handle, you know, you could put an elbow pull, you could put a foot pull down, sure. just like you don't like to wear a mask. A lot of people don't like those devices, too. But you're right. You can you can automate everything. But I, I, I don't see, you know, when I look at selling the portable units and disinfecting at night, even if you don't, you know, you're not totally buying into the concept of the need for those. It, then you would have to tell me you didn't buy into the concept for the need for anything, right? Throw away your Lysol wipes, get rid of your chemicals. No, get rid no, of wipe I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Well, no. And so th- let me just clarify the point then. So I agree with you too. The point is that the UV saves you money on those things, right? You got to go into a bathroom. If you still believe that you want to wipe down with Clorox, right? Or you're going to spray it, whatever. Then that's the part of our education for people. What is the cost of that versus the device? Does it save you a lot of money, just like a lighting retrofit, right? And and in some cases, it does because those chemicals are super expensive. They're hard to get. And and so that's part of the equation is all I'm trying to say, right? You don't have to believe that it needs to be anal. It has to be done all day long. But mm. if you're going to go in at night and you're going to put $8 a gallon chemicals down or you could buy one UV device one time and it has a long life, you save a lot of money on those chemicals. And, and that's part of the decision that a lot of people are facing, too. And one of the questions I have, you brought up the mobile units, is to me that's like somebody's full-time job. If they're going to have a mobile unit, they have to put it in the bathroom, sit outside of it for 30 minutes or whatever the time frame is, go in, turn it off, move it to the next one, sit outside. Is that what you guys are telling them? Hire somebody full-time to oh. run it? <laughs> so here's let's take a – well, it's funny when you look at that, right? Because yeah. let's take a hotel room just as an example, right? So mm-hmm. – when you with this whole COVID thing, it's all known fact that you still have to do an initial wipe, no matter what you use, because you got to remove soil, right? Sure. So you got to clean. You take you take you take more of a um, it, it's not a sterilant, but it is more of a you know a cleaner that has some bacterial properties and clean somewhat, and you wipe everything down. So you're in a hotel room, and the housekeeper wipes down the room. Now, what's the next step? You have three choices. You could go now with the real expensive chemicals that are truly disinfectant and rewipe everything down. That's about 350 to 400 square feet a minute. So whether you hire another person, as you just said, to do that, or it's the existing housekeeper who just works that much more slowly, it takes time. The second option would be you fog. You buy a $500 device, you fill it with the $8 chemicals, you walk through and you fog. Still takes time, right? Or you put this cart in there. The difference for the cart is that it's a trailing item, right? So if we know that it takes that 
maid. Oh, I, the housekeeper is the proper term now. I got to watch that. it. The housekeeper, <laughs> yes, watch the housekeeper. I get, I keep getting corrected. I'm old. What can I say? So you keep that housekeeper. We know that it takes her a half hour to clean the room. She takes this lightweight cart. She finishes one room, puts the cart in there, closes the door, turns on the remote control, goes to the next room, cleans it up, makes the bed. The cart's done, moves it to the next room. How much extra time did that take? It actually took less time than the previous two examples. It's saving you time because she doesn't have to go through and do that whole second pass with the chemical. And by you know the way, you need, you've seen you, those backlight videos. Yeah. What you really need, okay, is you need, you know, you ever have one of those automatic vacuums that you press a button, it goes around your house and, and vacuums Roomba. it. Roomba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you need is like a UV one of those suckers. And you just like, because... That you can't leave the card in one spot because anywhere there's a shadow, anywhere there's something, you need something that moves around the space, right? Automatically, and takes UV light everywhere. No, no, no. So number one, I'll have that that cart next month. So if you, I'll I'll send you some info on it. But we are <laughs> and the trick is the battery on that. Honestly, uh, for retail stores, we wanted to drive up and down the aisles. But yes, you need to illuminate all the areas. And so the trick is looking at the space, developing a portable cart that's 360 and allows a full dispersion of the light, right? So that we could do the bathroom and the guest room at the same time without having to move it and know that you, we know it takes the, you know, the, the five millijoules uh, per cubic centimeter squared. So we may be exposing the bed and the front of the sink and it's clean in a minute. But to get that farthest point away from the lamp where the exposure is weak, but still still working, we know that that takes 30 minutes. So we know we could run that cart in that hotel room for 30 minutes without moving it and pretty much disinfect that whole space. And we have a software program that we do. It's like uh, AGI 32 for the lighting world, basically, that looks at the exposure and the light and the reflectance of the surfaces and the bounce, right? Some, some absorb UV, some surfaces reflect UV. Uh, and it's kind of a bit of a science with that. And that's where you overexpose a little bit, but you can put, you know, just to be safe, but you put a decimeter card in the space or a meter in that most difficult shadowed space to see how long does it take to get to the five millijoules. And when you know you've disinfected that, you know everything else is clean. And that's the process. And that takes a lot of the guesswork out of it, you know. So you don't need to tell us this. I'm sure people could find this out on your website. But a lot of distributors are going to wonder, who do you use? Do you have one primary manufacturer you go to for these items? Or is every application someone different? Uh, no, we have multiple manufacturers, honestly. Um, uh, you know, some of the manufacturers, Puro, you mentioned, we, we sell a good amount of Puro, uh, Cello, American Ultraviolet, Atlantic Ultraviolet, Sterilair, um, Lumen Focus has great uh, um, uh, upper air disinfections. Uh, Cooper, you know, Cooper is bringing out a whole line of product um, that, that we're starting to specify. It's not yet available on the market, but it's, it's coming out. So we, we sell a lot of different manufacturers and, uh, we really look at the application, but as I say, so far, this first phase, most of it has been portable carts. And now we're starting to get into, you know, the Puro F1s in the bathrooms and doing those layouts. And, you know, we have units that do sinks. We have units that do drains. We have escalator units, uh, you know, all different types of products that we're deploying. And how do you guys filter out the junk? There's a lot of people coming out with products. So do you guys have a standard questionnaire or process you go through to really vet every manufacturer who comes to you with a new product? 
Well, the, the biggest thing, obviously, is the same thing that we've all gone through with LED lighting is that the manufacturer is, is, is you know, well capitalized and could honor a warranty should one be needed, right? Because as distributors, we're going to be the last guy standing when that person's not there. So the, how long have they been manufacturing the equipment? Mm. Um, you know, are, are, are they solid out there? Do they have you a network in place? You can't know that or? now, Bernie. You can't. How can you know that now at well, this time and place? I mean, everything's changing so quickly. I mean, who knows who's strong well, and who's for, not strong? For the most part, we've dealt with people we know more than anything else. You could run a DMB. You could run financials on them. Mm -hmm. uh, you could ask, you know, for their insurance sure. and, and and things like that. And then sometimes you do make a mistake. And I think all of us in the lighting field have sold our I won't mention brand names, but, the, you know, sure. they're the products that we choke down in a terrible way. Sure. Uh, I'm long enough in this business that I've choked more than once. But but I and I am a, a bleeding edge, leading edge guy, too. You know, Sounds I like, like the it. new technology. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, luckily, you know, we, we can filter it out and we can feel comfortable for most of the time. And that's that's the products that we're selling now. So well. if you picked one application where you're having the most success right now. Is it what? What is it? What type of business? Well, right now on this this whole first range of product that we're delivering now, you know, that we've been selling for the last two months, it's mostly been portable carts, and that's that's really been you know the 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 uh, you know we have an entry uh, uh, entry point product that that will do a decent space in a decent amount of time, and that's what we've seen you know the most orders. We've received orders for every everything across the you know different products. Um, but that's been the product that they're ordering most now. And now I see the segue into the air as being the next phase. We're quoting more air now than we're quoting portables and people are putting in for their FEMA grants and they're, <clears throat> they're looking for their funding sources, you know, of how they can get the money aligned. Sorry. I meant more like customer segment, like what end user, what schools, healthcare, what are you seeing the most of? So schools have been the number one segment so far, yes. and now we're really getting into hospitality, hotels, restaurants, and offices as the as the next phase. Whew. Bernie, uh, FSG, big footprint all over the United States, right? So, like, you guys are everywhere. You're in every – are you in every state? Like, 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 legit in every state? We certainly cover every state. We have 26 locations, but we sure. cover continental, continental U.S., Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico – um, we're actually relighting a uh, a base in in Korea right now, South Korea. So you know we actually work outside of the U.S. as well, but you, the majority of our business is domestic. Right. You and is the demand the same everywhere? Is it bigger in the New York East Coast area? Is where is it like? Are you feeling it everywhere? Or is it primarily in hot spots? Where are you guys feeling the demand mostly? It's shifted with the hot spots. So it was more in the Northeast initially in April and May. And now, you know, we're having high volumes of interest in, in the South and, you know, the West where, where they're experiencing difficulties. You're right now the president uh, of the NCQLP. And I think that's interesting. The National Council for the Qualification, Qualifications in the Lighting Professions. Um, that is correct. Are you guys, when, when's the meeting to discuss qualifications for UV? Is that coming down the pipe from you guys? Or, <laughs> Well, you know, we, we have a, um, a committee, the test committee that looks at relevant um, questions, if you will, and item writers that write those tests. You know, we're a, we're a, a third party. Really, it's more the position of the IES to really uh, mm. kind of dictate the types of things that are going on and then 
we are kind of an independent third party making sure we fairly and objectively issue the test and and qualify people. Um, you know, this has affected everybody, right? So no different than anybody, um, you know, the taking of the test and what's going on, um, you know, communicating to our members that are renewing and new members that want to take the test, how they could do this during the difficult times um, as part of the messaging that we're putting out there. But but right now, no, no, I don't think there's uh, any rush to put any UV uh, questions on the test for this year. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Erickson, thank you for being a guest on the Get a Grip on Letting podcast, man. That was a great one. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yep, thanks, Bernie. Keystone Technologies. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com, baby. That's keystonetech.com. Light made easy, Greg. Light made easy and everything you need for lighting. They've got we talked about before, they're coming out with some new fixtures, and they're good. They're not just coming out with one little 5K wall pack. They're coming out with all of them, 3, 4, 5K. They're not coming out with one little area light. They're coming out with every wattage replacement you need and all the Kelvins you need and the distributions you need and the controls you need, everything. Keystone's got it. They're always innovative, always coming out with new product. Check them out. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com. That's KeystoneTech.com. Of course, the National Association of which Keystone is a proud member. National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's Nail.org. Check it out. We got some serious, serious, serious educational products coming out, folks. Oh, yeah. You know it. We're going to do it right. When we do it, we do it right. And that's how we roll. Thanks to the board. All the peeps on the board taking care of us, getting us going, getting our organization going, and teaching our employees what's up. And of course, Bernie Erickson. That was a pleasure, Greg. That was awesome. Great discussion. Yeah, for sure. FSG Group, great nailed member. Um, and uh, happy to have him in, man. And thanks to Bernie for coming on and sharing with us. Folks, to you, the listener out there, mowing your lawn, you're driving your car, whatever you're doing, we love you. Written on the rectory wall. There's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you.